for Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's. <laughs> okay, now you know it's really me. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff women store in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is Luke 2.19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. We have an amazing show today. I'm really excited about it. I want to thank our sponsor, Home Instead Senior Care, provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality care uh, home care services to fit you and your family's needs. Well, I took a little break, and now I'm back with an amazing guest today. So welcome to the show, both my listening friends and also you, Bobby Zemer. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much, Kathy. I appreciate the opportunity. I want to tell people a little bit about why I, I rarely have people on the show, Bobby, that I don't know personally. And so we are connected through a very beloved friend of mine. You know who I'm talking about. And uh, he's he's just really great about connecting me with great people. And so I'm going to give a little bit of your your intro, your bio here, and then I'm just going to ask you a few questions, and I know you have lots to share. Bobby is going to be talking to me about something I've wanted to get a guest on the show for a long time about the drug pandemic and what that means in families all across America right now. So this, if you found this show today because you are, are struggling or you're in the throes of a drug addiction with your beloved child or you've lost a child to this or someone in your family has or a dear friend, and now you're wondering what what is life supposed to look like now? I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through the show without crying. So let me just introduce you, Bobby. Bobby Zemer is an Ohio native living just outside of Columbus. She's the mother of three incredible children, and she has had a very successful as well as reputable career in telecom sales, working for all the major worldwide providers. I'm just going to say, I know we're not, I'm not saying you're the name of your company over the air today, I don't suppose, but I know which company you work for. And let me just tell you, she has got a very fancy title. This is a powerhouse of a woman who's very successful and loving. And although she is not able to share her story due to a pending lawsuit, she has made her mission to spread awareness, even open dialogue about a topic that is extremely taboo. And then just that's, part of your bio. And then I want to share one more thing, Bobby, because I think this really sums up both you and I have the same purpose for our podcast. We're doing two shows today. So if you, if you're listening to this one, I hope you'll find the other one as well. But here's what she wrote in the book that she uh, wrote. So here's the part of a message there. May these stories give you hope and understanding that you are not alone. May they provide guidance you seek help you avoid decisions you may regret, 
and provide direction in the abyss led by the mothers who have walked this painful journey. We can't change, uh, excuse me, you cannot change what you don't know. So let's just start right there, Bobby. And I know you have to limit some of what you can share about your story, but give us a little of your background and how this book came to be. No, and absolutely. I, I welcome the opportunity to share. Um, so the book that we're talking about is called Not in Vain, Mothers Share Their Stories. Uh, we collected over 160 stories. There's 167 actually in the book. Um, it is on Amazon, and we purposely, I, I purposely did it um, because when, and I get, maybe I'll step back here a little bit. I am a mother of three. Uh, I have a professional career, as you mentioned, in telecom. Um, at the height of my career is when our family was um, introduced uh, to this disease. Uh, I purposely, you know, worked as hard as I did, um, made sure we lived in as nice of neighborhoods as we could, and that my kids all went to the best schools that were available. Um, however, you know, I, I was not immune. My family was not immune. And I like to stand up and say that, you know, if there were a poster child of not my child, it would be my face, you know, on the poster. Yeah. Uh, so the book really came along because um, I had gone to a mother's retreat that uh, I had found a support group online called Not In Vain um, that is a private group and it supports mothers who have lost to this pandemic. And I call it a pandemic. It's no longer an epidemic. In my opinion, it's a pandemic. Um, and it's one that we're not talking about. So it's very concerning. But while I was at the mother's retreat, not only did I not feel alone because everybody was having uh, the same symptoms and um, responses you know, that their body was having to grief over losing their children. And mm -hmm. I just kept looking around saying, you know, why wasn't there something available? Because I didn't know what I was up against. Um, I didn't know what my child was up against. I compared mm -hmm. it to, you know, drinking or, or smoking pot, you know, or smoking cigarettes. Um, and when things got bad, I just kept, I, I couldn't understand, you know, just stop doing it. Um, but mm. I, I, there was no manual, and, and it's not like uh, the disease of addiction is something that people openly talk about. Um, it's very much, very much hush hush in the corner, very much, you know, where parents even make other excuses as to why their children have passed away rather than sharing the real reason. Um, and there's no resources, or really, you know, I, I was feeling my way around in the dark. And so um, last year in March, uh, I decided to step back and to take some time off. It was right around the time when COVID was coming out. I couldn't run or hide mm -hmm. from uh, watching everybody suffer. And mm -hmm. I had to take time off um, because I was faced with, you know, how my daughter died in many mm -hmm. ways. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I dedicated myself and the time that I had taken off to not only doing something for myself and helping me with trauma. Um, but then also how could I help others in areas that I wasn't able to find help? There wasn't a book. There wasn't really resources. It's not something, again, you would, you know, easily be able to find. And you, you know, back to, again, something that you said, you don't know what you don't know. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And I didn't know where to get it. And the places yeah. where I was seeking assistance, I didn't know the right questions to ask. Right. And so, again, it goes back to, I was, so the book came about, I wanted to put together not only something that um, 
would help families who wanted to protect their family. So there's really three categories. One, they want to educate themselves because they have younger children or siblings or family members, and they want to understand the disease better, right? Being more proactive. Uh, One, being reactive. I have a child or a loved one who is in the midst of this disease, and I don't know much about it, right? Again, Mm -hmm, the position mm -hmm. I was in. And then third, those that have lost a loved one um, to this disease and understanding that, you know, they're not alone and their stories are very similar in many ways. Um, But again, Mm -hmm. it all comes back to nobody really knew what to do and we were just doing the best with what we knew. And so the book, um, I had reached out to the moms on the support group and said, look, I really want to do this because I wish something like this was around when I was going through it, Mm -hmm. you know, or even after. Um, going to that retreat and feeling not alone and seeing the other mothers losing their keys or forgetting their train of thought, or Mm -hmm, it's mm -hmm. just, it was like, this is my, this is my group. Like they get it. I'm normal. You know, Mm -hmm. what I'm going through is normal. What my body is going through is normal. What my family is going through is normal. We've suffered a a very traumatic loss. Yeah. I think sometimes people, we've, we've done a bunch of mental health shows. I do as many as I can on, on Fireside Talk Radio, because I really think it's an under addressed topic in the church. And so I just try to put tools out there that other people can get a hold of and use. And I, I knew your message was going to be one that would be useful to other people. Like you can even play this podcast for your family and go, okay, some of these symptoms that we're experiencing, they're common. I mean, this is how everybody responds. And that's what I want to say. Sometimes we confuse a healthy response to a bad situation. We think that's unhealthy, but really the truth is when your body has experienced a terrible trauma, we did a bunch of work on this with judge Carol Clark in the justice system and how that looks when your body has experienced a terrible trauma, like a death, then you have all these symptoms that go with that. And that's actually a healthy response to a terrible situation. So I think we're, we have a little tendency to judge ourselves about some of that when really we shouldn't be. And, and I knew our episode was going to go fast. We have about two minutes before the break. Is there anything you want to sum up before we, when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about this darling picture of Madison with her horse. I have a number of things I want to talk about a little bit with you because I don't want to miss a chance to honor her, especially with the anniversary of her heavenly Entry into Heaven coming up October 10th of 2017 is when she passed on. And so, I don't know, Bobby, is there anything you want to say yeah. real quick before before we cut? No, the only part that I would like to, you know, touch on right before we cut, and again, it's along the lines of what you were saying, is, you know, we do hold ourselves to a higher standard. And when, you know, the body is responding to trauma, um, you know, most of us, we, we show up for work anyway. We do. And, and that's how I was, yeah. right? I was just yeah. a robot. And I was, so what I recommend and what I tell people now is be patient, be patient, mm. be patient with yourself, be patient with those around you. You know, your body is doing what it's supposed to do. It's protecting you. And we may not understand it. And there's a lot of frustration that happens out of it because you're conscious of the memory loss. You're conscious yeah. of many things, but you cannot change it. So the, the biggest word that I leave people with is just be patient. Be patient with, your, with yourself and be patient with everyone around you. This is a process. Okay. We're going to have to cut to the break. You can find all this information at Kathy Craffy, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward, 
Uh, com. I'm going to put all this in a blog for you so you'll be able to find all the encouraging things Bobby is telling us now and what she's going to tell us in that blog. Remember, if you're listening because you want to be proactive, if you're reacting to a tragedy or some kind of trauma and stress in your own family, or if you've recently lost a loved one, we want to welcome you to the show. We're going to keep talking. We're going to come back with more truth with a Texas Swing. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. Y'all to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over is a grocery store. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations. Life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then, The Well, The Art of Drawing Out Authentic Conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey, welcome back. We're talking to Bobby Zemer. And if you're listening in and, and you're hurting, Bobby and I just want you to know we really care about you, and that's why we're doing this episode today. And so we want you to know somebody out there is is aware of your pain. Um, I think I'm going to put I think I'm going to title this episode, Not in Vain, Real People, Real Addiction. And then, Bobby, I'm thinking about using this title for the other one. Addiction and your child, you're not alone. I'm not really sure. Sometimes I change the podcast names once we get them done. But I, I wanted to say that resource that you're talking about, the book that you pulled together, I'm an author too, and so I know how much work it is to pull together a book, and you did such an excellent job. Sometimes I'm a little skittish about books that are compilations of other people's work because, you know, you can get a real range of skills, 
but you're whoever got you got to edit that book they did an amazing job well thank you yeah we uh when we were putting the book together i basically put uh gave them some guidelines i said you know smart if you were to scream from the top of a mountain what would you say and here's some things to consider you know talk about your child Talk about, you know, when they were born, how, you know, how that, what, what sports they were in. Mm-hmm. Um, because one thing, you know, we have to understand our kids were just like everybody else's kids. Uh, they didn't mm-hmm. come with a label and say, hey, caution, you know, this is something you're going to face with them. Um, it's just something we were faced with. But we all started the same way. We all had birthday parties and sports events and you name it. Yeah, I I think that that's been the most um, surprising or shocking or just mind opening uh, part of this for me. One reason Dave and I got interested in this topic as a family is he had two knees replaced. And when I mean, we had a fabulous surgeon, but we didn't get any instruction on how to get off the pain meds after he was done. And so he began to have symptoms. And, and of course, now I know he was addicted already within a matter of weeks to the pain meds they gave him after his surgery, which, you know, you kind of expect that. Everybody warns you about it. But we didn't know what the symptoms were. So we thought he we thought the pain was causing him to be so full of anxiety. We didn't realize it was withdrawals. And fortunately for me and him, he's not prone to addiction. But I know from my side of the family, we have some addiction, addictive tendencies. So that that was a cautionary tale for us. Like that was something that I could still be de- dealing with that here now over a year later. Fortunately for me, my husband was able to walk away from the drugs. He just quit. But most many people can't do that. Most people can't. And in fact, I was the one that was supposed to be helping him. And I was saying, honey, I think you're getting off these too quick. You've got all these symptoms. I think you need more drugs. So that was really bad advice. <laughs> there, there's got to be a better way to do it. And we were victims of not having the right information ourselves. Then also, I just, I'm just throwing this out here because I just want people to know I'm not just interviewing you. We also had a death in our family of a very beloved cousin who overdosed and, and her process of becoming addicted read like your book, like all the stories in your book. As I read them, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is exactly what happened to my dear cousin that I loved. And she was gone before 30, you know, so she could be one of the stories in your book. So here, here's what I think is so impressive, impressive about what you've done, Bobby. You took this terrible pain that you suffered four years ago and instead of. Um, cutting yourself off and pretending like that never happened or letting people comfort you and then moving on, you circle back and you threw out like a life preserver for the people that might come behind you on the path. And I got to tell you, it really touches me. I want to share one thing about your book. I know I'm talking way too much. I'm like, a, I'm just so impressed by you and your work, but Thank you. here's Here's one thing I loved about the way, cause I'm an author. I've, I've been through the process. I know how much work it is. And it it takes a certain kind of genius to do what you did. And when you said earlier in our interview, you said you gave people guidelines. Well, I know I I knew that as soon as I saw what you'd done, because I call this life and death. Okay, this is a life and death topic. And then I noticed in the book there were life and death pictures, which I thought was so genius, because, for instance, you had the beautiful picture of Madison, your precious daughter, with her horse, full of life, 
full full of love, just the kind of girl you want to wrap your arms around. I mean, what teenage preteen little girl doesn't want a horse, right? Every every kid I've ever known in Tyler, Texas, wants a horse when they're little girls, and there she is, just beautiful, loving on that horse. And then you also included the picture of her and her casket. And that was uh, in every story. There was a beginning or a full of life picture. And then there was the reality of the death in, in every story. And, and I've got to tell you, I love that what you did. It really got to my heart. It made me know that each of those moms name at the end of each story. Those were real moms, real people who really suffered the loss of a child. And so. I just want to commend you for the way you laid that out. Like there's no way somebody can read this book, not in vain or share it with a friend and not have it hit uh, the heart of the person. So if you're listening and you're wondering, you found us because you're looking for resources. I really want you to know this is an outstanding book and um, tender and authentic uh, talking about real life and death situations. So, um, be sure and, and find that. I'm going to spell Zemer for people. Z-I-E-M-E-R. So the book is Not in Vain. And that's Bobby's last name. So you can find her. Not in Vain. Mothers share their journey through their child's life and loss to the drug pandemic. So it is, it is on Amazon. And just also to mention, um, you know, and just follow up to what you were saying, it was an effort of love. You know, um, this oh, book yeah. was put together within four months. From wow. End to end. I had, I had approached a publishing company, shared with them what I, what I wanted to do, the vision, how it was going to be laid out. Um, and I was told it would be 18 months before they would even, you know, start putting it together and then another 18 months to promote it. And I was like, no, it, it can't wait. Every single day that it takes for this to bo- for this book to come out is another day that another family suffers or loses to this disease. And so the entire thing was donated. Um, all of the proceeds were donated back to the group that helped pull me through. So mm. I can't say that, you know, I'm a lone ranger and I did it by myself. People pulled me through. And so I felt like it was my way of paying, paying it forward, you know, to pass, pass on. And it was all written um, I, I say I was the curator, uh, but these mothers, you know, in addition to the guideline, um, it was a very difficult, it was difficult. It was a mm-hmm. difficult ask to say, give me your favorite picture of your child. Oh, but then no I kidding. also need you to send me a second picture showing what the end looked like. Yeah. Um, the true end, the true end. Yeah. And it was difficult. And I couldn't ask them to do that without me myself doing it. Um, and that could have, you know, like, like the picture of Madison in her uh, coffin, there's headstones, there's a picture from a child mm-hmm. at a morgue. Yeah. Um, these are real pictures because that is what the end looked like for us. Um, but, you know, I had in my head the entire thing. I want to say that God, literally, I felt like he reached through me and said, you know, this is what I want you to do. And as long as you're listening and asking, you know, I'm going to deliver these things to you. And it did down to the book cover being donated. Um, this was not, you know, by me, by myself, by any means, there was a collaboration. You talk about editors, mothers jumped in to help edit, uh, everything about this book was done from the front line. There are no, you know, doctors or nurses or medical experts. These are all stories from mothers who lived and fought 
you know, are, are still in the trenches, you know, battling this. Um, you know, you can't get more of a, a front view perspective than those that have been on the front line. And yeah, that's what, what I had hoped to share. But then also stories of encouragement stories. You know, you mentioned um, how your body rea- reacts to trauma. Mm-hmm. I wrote, you know, many chapters in there. Uh, we took ca- or took, you know, additional chapters from other mothers, you know, of things that they wanted to put in. There's poems written by mm-hmm. some of the children that are no longer here. But they're all relevant and they're all put in an order specifically to take the reader on a journey because this is not a front to cover book that you can just sit down and read one evening. They're going to have to put it down. Um, It is very real and very raw. And, uh, you know, that's all I asked from the mothers. You know, I don't want you to sugarcoat anything. Tell the truth. You know, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. Before before we have to finish, which we will in a minute, I want to read a little section. This one really stuck with me, and and they all did, honestly. But um, I I really like this because her daughter gets arrested the first time for pills, which I think is a big uh, picture of what's really happening. Like this is just a normal, nice family, right? You know, that's what we think. Oh, my family, we're not going to do that. My kids are not going to do that. But she she so she she even says in her the the name the name of that chapter is Amber Forever 25. And she even says when the policemen are talking to her, she doesn't even know what the medicine names are. Like she has no idea what they're talking about. She doesn't know the names for these pills or the street drugs that were to become part of her life later. So I really related to that when my mother was. Uh, ill. It was so hard to manage her meds. So um, anyway, I want to read what she says, one little piece of what she said. So I will never, this is after she's been to a few times to the, to the police to pick up her daughter. And so she's beginning to understand, like she knows now there's a problem. At first, she didn't even understand that. I will never forget the ride home from the ER. Amber is sitting next to me. Her dealer is in my back seat. I'm taking him home. He called the ambulance. He went to the hospital with her. He was offered a treatment program also. I drop off the drug dealer. We drive to the expressway. I ask my daughter, does she believe Jesus died on the cross for her sins? I need to know. In case anything happens to her, I need to know she's home when I die. She answered yes. My soul was at peace. That's from Dawn S. from Toledo, Ohio. That's just a small portion of what Dawn wrote. But I I thought that is really, I mean, that's when you get to the gut-wrenching bottom when you're asking those questions of your child because you understand how desperate the situation is. So we have 30 seconds, Bobby. If you're listening in, please go find our other episode that we're going to talk some more about this. I've got more quotes. Bobby has more information for you. You can find all this on KathyCrafty.com. K-R-A-F is in Frank, V is in Victor, E as in Edward. We're out of time. This is Truth with a Texas Twang. Thank you, Bobby Zemer. The name of the book is not in vain. Please find it. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today and we will see you again next week. Oh, Johnny and-